right. Hola, mi gente. This is Jose. We're here for another episode of the Us podcast. This month, we're celebrating Black History Month. Y como Latinos, we have to celebrate and acknowledge the Afro-Latinidad and the Blackness and the Latino community. I've invited some great, amazing community leaders here with me today, which I'm going to let them a lot. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Um, so, yeah, to my left, I have... Evan Nunez. He, him, him. <laughs> I try. And Edwin, where where are you? Where are you from? I am um, from the Dominican Republic. Okay, de qué parte? I am from Santo Domingo. Actually. Okay, nice. Capital. Nice. La capital, la como la dicen. Ahí está todo. No Punta Cana, la capital. And, and Edwin, when somebody comes up to you and they're like, like, what are you? Besides you saying you're Dominican, what what is your response sometimes? Uh, I either say. Uh, either Hispanic or Latino. Okay, awesome. Mm -hmm. My name is uh, Roger Casilla. Uh, he, him, yeah. his. <laughs> Some new, but we get we get in there. Um, what was the question? Uh, so, so where are you? Where, what's, what's your background? background? Where's your family oh, from? Where uh, are you from? I'm Dominican American. Family's from Dominican Republic. So when people ask me, where you? Who are you? Where you from? Dominicano, and um, I identify myself Hispanic, Latino. Now there's a new thing, Latinx. Yeah, yes. you know yes. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, they with it. Awesome. <laughs> okay, my name is Nariely Santino. Lo digo en inglés, Nariely Santino. Um, I am Puerto Rican, Cuban. Um, I am from New York. I was born in the Bronx, raised in multiple areas, but I've been able, I can call myself a New Yorker um, as well. What was the other question? Um, so uh, how do you, when people ask you, like, what are you, like, besides where you're from, where your family's from, what okay. do you usually say? I am Afro-Latinx. Okay. I identify very proud. Um, I think that when Latinx came out and then we started, the movement started growing, I felt a lot more comfort, uh, comfortable because I was like, okay, there's more people like me. So I definitely identify myself as Afro-Latinx. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all, I'm really shy. Okay, my name is Stephanie Gill, Stephanie Hill. Um, <laughs> um, my parents, my dad is from Dominican Republic. My mom was born in New York. I was born in New York as well. Moved to Indy when I was little. I identify as she, her, hers, and um, the wait, um, Latina, Hispanic, um, yeah. All right, awesome. We're trying the new pronouns, the proto pronouns things, because I know Latinos aren't really used to that. Um, I when I try to translate it, sometimes it doesn't really translate well, especially when somebody identifies as they them. Um, yeah, ellas, ellas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like so, yeah. So we're um, and there's Latine now as well with an E instead of an X. Yeah. Just because some people some people are saying that the X doesn't make sense in the Spanish language, so they put an E instead of an X. It's a whole controversy about language. Um, but yeah, we we just want to make sure that we are being inclusive and respectful to everybody's pronouns. Um, but now now we all know each other's names and how we identify. Um, I heard a common theme here. A lot of us grew up or came from the east coast um so i guess i just want to get into what was that culture shock for you guys from moving from the east coast to the midwest what did that look like how did you feel i know some of us were young but we still had feelings <laughs> we had emotions <laughs> let me just say that moving from the dominican republic to boston was a whole different world for me and uh, just because i never knew well 
in DR or I think, well, most of, yeah, most of us know DR. Um, in DR, we never had white, black, that racial color thing. I never saw colors as a person. And then you move mm. here. Let Hold me. on. Let me finish. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> hey, no, you don't. Know, you don't. Know, you know, my, my, my job here. I'm gonna put my microphone down. Yes, please. <laughs> I love Jay. <laughs> um, but actually, and there's a whole reason we're gonna get there. I know we will, because Jay obviously gonna make it happen. <laughs> but actually, moving to Boston, where the the community in Boston, I was like, okay, never saw that either. Well, I started knowing culture, people, and color. I got it to notice here in Indianapolis, and this is why. Because when I grew up in Boston, I went to high school and all that, and even in college, I never had to identify myself as something. It was always, I know I'm Dominican. I'm, everywhere I go, I was Dominican, Dominican, Hispanic, or Latino. Yes, I'm Latino, I'm Latino. But then when I moved here, that shocking movement, even in Boston, there was no need for me to like actually speak English. There was like everywhere I went, it was Spanish, everywhere, the supermarket, the, the stores, the mall, everywhere. So in a way coming as a little and being here for the the time I've been here is just like I shouldn't have an accent and I do and that's what when I moved to Indianapolis I was like well this is shocking now I had to force myself to speak English and on top of that identify myself with a race and that happened when I got my first speeding ticket and I got my first speeding ticket here in Indianapolis, believe it or not. I was 19, I was running late to, to class, and the police stopped me and he was like, why are you running late? Why are you running at 74 and at 55? I was like, yes. I was like, I, I think he's white. And because he's white, he's gonna be into like education and things like that. And let me do the education thing. Yeah, and I was like, uh, I was going late to class. I'm trying to speak the truth about it. I was going to class. You know, education is very important, you know? And my professor can give me a fail if I don't get in time. Oh no, he gave me the ticket. But the ticket came with a little casilla, like a little mark, a check mark. And that check mark, I was like, since when I'm white? <laughs> and I looked myself in the car like for five minutes, like being like, what is this? Like since my, even my my ID doesn't have a race and in Boston they don't they don't put your race in, in, in the in the ID. Well back then now they put it, they are making it. But back then they just don't don't show it in there. And I was like, well, this is new for me. I was like, so am I, am I identifying myself as why? Because he saw me white? Or what it is exactly what the, what make you identify that you're white, you know? So from that point on, I was like, okay, well, if that's what it is, if I have to make check mark everything, then from that point on, like it's kind of like a, una venda se me cayó del ojo. And I started seeing everywhere I was going an application. It was like, why do you identify yourself? Black, white, and Asian, Pacific, and such and such. It was like, I never saw this before. And I was like, well, I guess I had to mark it. And I was starting marking white, white, white in all my application, but white Latino. It was either white and Hispanic or white Latino. I would never like 
exclude like excluded the latino part of it i was always including it into that white uh, white check mark whatever but it was here that i got that big shocking racial racial thing and then i was like what is this because even in boston like i don't i don't never felt that way i never felt like i had to identify myself as something until i got here in indiana indiana and i don't know if that is something because they're very conservative or um it's yes and i never experienced racism only once in high school but it was because just a white kid and I'm sorry that I call him white kid, but it was a Caucasian guy. And he was just like, well, I don't, I, my parents told me not to speak to Latinos. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a thing too. You know, like I experienced all those things in high school and I was like, man. And then I got here and I experienced it more. And I guess it's just like an eye opening when I moved to the Midwest, at least for me. So for me, the culture shock was definitely when I moved to Indiana. Um, in New York, I don't remember it ever being a thing like, what are you? I don't remember anyone ever asking me that. Like we were, I don't know, I chilled with black, white, Hispanic, Asian, like it, it didn't really matter. And then as soon as I moved to Indiana, it's like, what are you? Are you Mexican? Are you black? Are you white? You look mixed. You're too pretty for this. You're too pretty to be black. You're, I don't understand what you are. Oh, so you're Mexican you were born as Dominican Republic in New York. Like it was just like so. I was bombarded with so Schools many are not questions. Doing their jobs. Schools Definitely are not. not. Definitely not. Definitely not. This was two thousand and one that I moved here. So literally, I was. We were like the only Dominicans in Indiana. Like no one knew what Dominicans even were. So to me, it was like. Okay, that's when I instantly was like, okay, well then, what do I identify uh, identify as? I'm Dominican, but like I like to hang out with black people more than the white and the Mexican. And why is that? Why is that? They they were more accepting for sure. The Mexican people, even me speaking Spanish, they're like, oh, you don't speak Spanish. I don't know what language you're speaking. Yeah. You're just trying to be Hispanic. So what side what side of town was that? Huh? What side of town was that? West side. West oh, side. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't experience that in high school in here. So I don't know the high school life in here or middle school life in here in Indianapolis. Yeah. But I know when I went to college, like all my my classmates, they were like, Are you Mexican? And I was like, I was shocking because you're like, you are in a undergrad level now. You should know your countries. You should know geography by now. And you should know yeah, that that, that was me, like, shocking in my brain. Like, so do you like, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, definitely your teacher didn't do his job right. So I'm concerned that you're in college right now and you asking me, if I'm Mexican, just because I speak Spanish and I have an accent, like Mexico is the only Spanish speaker country, then you fail your class right there. You should not be in college. So I immediately, my sassiness came up. <laughs> and I was like, who told you that I, I am Mexican? Like, do I have a, do I have a look of Mexican or but because my become, Spanish? But this is the thing, it becomes a challenge, sorry. It becomes a challenge because then we become racist. Yes, and that's another thing, you have to be careful what you said because you don't you're already mad at the fact that he is categorizing you yes exactly. because you should be acknowledging my culture my country i'm dominican you should be asking Respect. the question yes the question should be where are you from i should be fine with that mm -hmm. 
what country or the Spanish-speaking country are you from? Yeah. And I should, exactly. So automatically, when he said, you Mexican, because you speak Spanish, I was like, wait a second. Mexico is not the only country that speaks Spanish. I'm sorry. I don't know where you're coming from or what world you're coming from. And I just want to jump in there because I think a lot of times when I, I've said this in past uh, episodes, and it's I think Latinos are so proud of where we come from, of what we fought for, uh, like that's our like that's my flag like we're gonna rep that flag put that flag everywhere like i am dominic i am puerto rican i'm cuban because we're proud of that that's where we're from so when you a lot of times when people like ask like i remember people used to ask me like oh are you because my name's jose or jose whatever um they'll be like oh are you half are you half mexican half black and i would get offended but it's not because there's something wrong with being black no. african-american or being mexican it's just I am proud to be a Dominican Venezuelan individual. And it's not about like, it's not like I'm not making that face for like you Mexicans. No, it's just like, are you really asking me this question right now? Like, just because I speak Spanish, because I have this certain name, you think that I'm Mexican just right. because that's all you see. And that's all. And that's what the that's media. It's, it's a, lot, a lot of, of it is media and lack of knowledge as well. I'll give it too much credit, to be honest. You got to understand when you're in Indiana. They, what, they know what they know. And so rather than, it, it's not about calling them out, it's calling them in and, and teaching them. It's a, it's a teaching opportunity. And I think sometimes we see as challenges, I think challenges could be opportunities as well too, as far as to, for them to learn. Because again, we're in Indiana. Just like, I'll say back and forth, like I, all my family's in New York. And then when he was like, yo, I moved to Indiana. They were like, yo, you moved to India? Like, yo, Indiana. Like, and people in New York think, like, New York is the only state in the United States. Let's be honest. It's the only state for the Puerto Rican and, and Dominican. Dominican. Yo, you know how I identify where I'm in New York, like, where I'm in Indiana? Like, oh, it's two hours, it's about three hours away from Chicago. Like, oh, okay. It's lo mismo. You're in DR, and you're like, where are you coming from? What can fucking Indiana? All the viewers de los Nueva York. I'm my sister and she would just be like oh so tu vives en un campo al lado de Nueva York yeah so it, it goes both ways like um they don't know and so I know and of course like you you said Jay like we we're proud of where we come from and you know I mean we've you know I mean our our family has come a long way to get to this country and, and improve their lifestyle and improve um, and help people, uh, help our family back at home. So that's why we're so prideful pride in that. And you know, you always see our flags on our car. You know what I'm saying? Like you, are, you know what I'm saying? So it's like one of those things. It's like, and so when um, when we come to a state like Indiana, Republican, we gotta be honest. You know what I mean? Um, with the history, you know what I mean? Yes. Is racism here? You know? And that's how they grew up, and that's how their great grandparents showed them, and that's what they know. And so the educational hasn't been brought in here, and so I think this is an opportunity for us to kind of bring that educational part of side of things. And of course, it's first gonna start like, hold on, who you, who you calling Mexican? You know what I'm saying? It's gonna first start that. But I think um, also depends on what side. Like I, I was raised on the east side, and the east side was like I had Latinos, uh, um, the um, African Americans. Like we was all cool. Like we had a little group in a, a Hispanic Mexican, but. That's because all the Hispanics they seen here was Mexican. So that's all they can identify. It's like, well, I've never seen any Dominicans here before. So if you speak Spanish, you're Mexican. But that's because that's all they've seen. And so all they've seen is Mexican. And, then, and again, on top of that, technology is uh, uh, further more, like it's um, passed a little bit a little further. Like technology, IG, you see, you're able to see all that more now. Back then, well, we didn't even have MySpace. Like at least when I was like in middle school and stuff like that. So 
they just seen whatever was local news and, and, and what they had in their community as well. So I think sometimes it, it depends on the era it was raised, but also, you know what I mean, on the ways they looked at it too. So it was all perspective. Their perspective yeah, was different from what we had. Yeah. And I was I was going to tie that. Not, I love that you brought up the perspective thing and we bring it back to this cop, Edwin, that identified you as a white individual. And that kind of like started this pattern of what you would put on as, as as we're here so edwin 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 and i used to work together and we used to we worked for uh well he still works for shalom i used to um and we were when we were when we were launching their mi gente campaign like we we would have meetings all the time like and talk about like how do we approach the latino community how do we make sure we're including everybody and uh edwin and i would always have conversations about like how do you identify how do you um like how what do you like what do you say you are um so i want to bring it back to do we how do you the fact how the way that you identify is that because you truly see yourself that way or is that because we live in the midwest and that's how others see us because for example me growing up here i was always people always thought that i was black and when i was younger i'd be like i'm you know say negro i'm not black um, and that's another, another, another that we'll talk that a little bit deeper and like, cause that's what we hear when like in Dominican households, um, or the Latino households, there's a lot of internal racism and biases within our community. Yeah. So, so, but you never see it in a racist way though. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get into that. So. No, 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 because there's there's a there's a lot to unpack here. So I know Roger brought up the fact of educating others, but I think that we need to start with educating our community. Porque cuando cuando when you see a mom that comes up to one of your Dominican friends or one of your friends and they're like, I know Stephanie, this they tell her this a lot. They're like, Oh, look at your nose, it's so thin. Evian fina. Well, where does that come from? Because you associate a thinner nose with European people and you associate a big nose with African people. So yeah, so no, you're fine. So, so, but now, but now, my uncle loves to call me Jose Luther King because I'm always, I'm always, I'm always, I'm always talking about those topics. And I come from a family where, like, you look at us, and we have curly hair, we have dark, we have brown skin, like dark. We, we're all from all over, like the shades. But, and I asked my mom, I'm like, mom, do you identify as black? And she's like, no, I'm not black. I'm I'm Venezuelan. I'm Dominican. And I'm like, okay, but like, that's your ethnicity. What's, what do you consider as your race? And then we go back to, in our countries, there was not that race, but I will disagree as to that. They don't see color. So let's talk well, about I, that. I let's, grew, let's talk. Let's grew, Okay. Hold on. This is a, we're going back <laughs> to perspective. I just feel like I personally, I want to, I want to make sure um, the 27th of this month was the Independence Day of the Dominican Republic. Hey, so, felicidades. Felicidades to all Dominicans. Pero, déjame decirte una cosa. Te voy a decir una cosa. Y se me salió el español ya. When I say I didn't see color, is because I grew up in a household that we were treating everyone as equal. Um, so I thank God for that opportunity with my grandma and for, like, the people I had around me. So... 
that's where my I don't see I didn't see color comes from <laughs> because I didn't see it. But that doesn't mean that other people mm. did. Because like for me, when they say, oh, salió Java, o salió, porque soy dominicano, el Java. Can, can somebody ex explain? El Java es, es el blanco con el cabello malo. <laughs> Light skin. El light skin, pero el cabello malo. Ese jabao. Entonces, we see Roger, hemos like, oh, ese jabao, definitivamente. Siempre sale uno. Porque nosotros, en mi familia salió uno. Pero I'm like, okay, his, okay, sabemos que jabao, but I would never seen that jabao as in like a rest, uh, un, un comentario racista. Pero es, y yo vine a saber eso aquí. Tú me entiendes, o sea, now and like here in DR, I was like, okay, you know, like it was, I guess it's because of it's normal. It was something normal. I even go to like I was my family's here in Boston, and I still have family in New York, and they make those comments like that, and I'm like, okay, is that normal? But now that I'm more aware of the comments and racisms, and I'm like, okay, that's definitely shouldn't be said. And I told my mom all the time when she said, "Ay, vale, va a salir morenita con el cabello malo," I was like, oh, see, sí. and, and I was like, and I was like, mom, you can definitely make those comments at home but outside of home and it's not acceptable yes yeah and it's not and it's not and that's what i said like you should make if you're gonna make that comment because home is like our our one-on-one our safe zone and i was like those comments should be at home and even at home you cannot say something like that she loves whoever she loves or he loves whoever he loves and that's on them le salió como tú dices la niña o el niño con el cabello malo lo que sea is their kid when my daughter was born, mi abuela me decía, uh, rub her nose That's so that para que se le la nariz. And I was like, that is the most racist. Like I know I grew up with like the my they were really big on hair. My hair had to be straight my entire life. We couldn't do curly hair. I couldn't leave my hair down and curly. It has to be in a ponytail. It has to be straight. Like I grew up with all of those type of things. But when she told me to rub her nose until it got pointy, that's when I was like, what the f Was it different because it was your daughter? I just, I don't think I've ever heard a comment like that. Okay. I don't know if it, and. My mom, my mom, my no. mom used to do this to Lucy's nose. No, and definitely they said things like that, but the fact that she wanted to change the fe her feature, like, I don't, okay, the, the hair thing, I feel like that's more, that's more common, it's more, it's something that everybody, every, because even like African Americans, every culture, they want, they, you, we know we straighten our hair. We want those, Euro, that European hair. Um, so I think that was just more normal, but I think that was definitely my breaking point. I think that's when Jose and my brother Manny and I all started those conversations around, these type of conversations around those times, like, wow, we're racist. Can I curse? Yeah. We're racist as shit. What the fuck? It, like, what did they grow up teaching us? Like, because we, even us, we said, com we had comments like that, that we're, we're ashamed of now that we're like, damn, we, we thought like that, but well, we, it, we didn't, yeah, mm -hmm. and we, we didn't think anything of it when we were saying things like that. But as an adult, we're like, damn, that's crazy that we grew up hating ourselves internally. You know what I mean? Well, I, I always I always bring this up where you're like, oh, when you're in a good mood and you see a black individual, they're like, oh, mira esa morena que linda. But let that same morena cut you off on the on the on the while you're driving. You're like, Maldita negra! 
So it's like the connotation between those words, like morenita, it's negra. How it's how you use it. It, it yeah. impacts a, a person just the way you use those words. And I think I've been quiet and I skipped like two questions, but <laughs> yeah. um, I have, I wanna right? You want to hear it. Yeah. So I don't know. Did I introduce myself already? Yeah. Yes, you did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm lost. Um, the first thing is that when you said, how do you identify yourself? I said Afro-Latinx, you know, Afro-Latina or Latine now, you know, I, I don't, I'm not that big on the pronouns because I, I identify as heterosexual. So having that, like, I don't focus on that for myself, but I do respect everyone else, right? And then um, when you say, Af why do, is it how people see you? I'm like, okay, so I come from a very diverse background. Like I literally said before we started the show, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, they're black Puerto Ricans. Um, my father, my grandfather, who is Cuban, born in La Habana, Cuba, um, he's a Afro-Latino from Cuba. So he's a black Cuban. And then you come in and you mix us with um, the white um, Puerto Ricans of my family and you mix and then you have all these different shades of browns and whites and all that good mm -hmm. stuff. But your raza, la raza como quiera sale. Yeah, en Puerto Rico dicen, <laughs> uh, en Puerto Rico dicen, ¿y tu abuela dónde está? Okay, and that is because we have our African roots and we don't want to honor them. And we went through slavery, sorry. I get very emotional, very passionate about it. We went through slavery and I wish that, let's break it down to your culture, your heritage, your history. Do you know your history to identify as anything? Do you know that? We have um, the Puerto Rican, and I'll speak for them because it is majority of my, like, I am very proud of being Puerto Rican, and I was, I lived there. Is my family's, like, you can say whatever, is Puerto Rican 100%. Pero que tú tienes que ver la historia, okay? If you see the Puerto Rican race, and we have it in the Dominican, and we have it in the Cuban, we have Tainos, we have, we forget, we, we want to talk about the Europeans, we want to talk about the Africans, but we don't want to talk about our natives, okay? There is a reason. Yes. And that's the that's where it comes from. And let's go, let's bring it back to that. Let's bring it back to where you come from, where, where, what is your mix? Why do you look the way you look? Okay, so Puerto Rican, let's go with Puerto Rican and, and Dominican and go from there, right? The Puerto Rican is divided in 33% point something um, of Europeans, Africans, and Tainos, okay? The European came to our island and many other islands and raped us and stole our, our cacique because we already, you know, they wanted to say, you know, Cristobal Colón conquistó, you know, conquer. No, he didn't conquer anything. Or discover. Or discover. discover. No, la isla estaba ahí. Yeah. You know, los indios estaban ahí, yeah. And you take away from who we really were. And then you come in and you mix because you're coming from European where you have slavery already. When you have all this, the, our islands didn't have that. You know, our islands were brought, that was brought to our islands. And then our people got killed, raped, stolen, um, taken advantage of. And then they mix, you know, because the truth is that lo cogieron las mujeres. Me entienden, lo mataron los caciques. And then they took all that from us and they created what we are now. And then they want to say they conquer. They didn't. I'm sorry. I don't feel like they conquer anything. Um, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm sure you, but I, I had looked up some research here, um, and there's a professor, his uh, Professor Gates, and he has a three-part uh, video on DVD. It's called Black and Latin America. And there's it's divided, it's divided in four parts, 
And when you said, ¿De dónde es abuela? Where's your, gran where's your grandma at? Uh, the Mexico and Peru story is literally called The Black Grandma in the Closet mm -hmm. because there were more black slaves brought to Mexico and Peru than there were to the United States. And that's in general. Like, there were more black slaves brought to Latin America, the Caribbean, Central America, South America, than there was in the United States. So there is more outside of Africa. The biggest black population is in Latin America. But how is it that it's the one that we least talk about and acknowledge? Because of the way we were brought to this country. And, and when I said the way, I, I, I always internalize it like myself. I speak for myself. Um, when you have the African culture, you know, we don't want to see... They white they whitewash us, right? You don't want to see, you don't want to have the curly hair, you don't want to have the nappy hair because there's different types of curls, right? Um, you don't want to have the the wider nose, you don't want to have the bigger lips, you don't want to have, you know, the color, okay? But that's that's where we have to turn it around and say, why don't you? You know, because the majority of and this is going to be a long thing, but the majority of our cultures, they have the African in, in, in their culture. We have the black Mexicans. We have the black Colombians. <laughs> you know, we have the black Venezuelans. And, and, you go, and you go from there. You have them all over the place. And I don't understand why is it so big. Is it because we were brought, like the African culture was brought um, as slaves? And that is something to look down. We don't want to be slaves. We don't want to be associated with someone that was segregated for so many years. We don't want to be associated with the what the 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 Europeans decided to say we're fit to be humans. Yeah. That we're fit for society. Is that why? Probably, and that make me think also about the history and here in the United States, and maybe that's something also that the Latino community, and when I say Latino community, it's not only the Dominicans, but like everyone in here in the U.S., maybe they don't, even though we all uh, have some um, herencia uh, Afro-Latinas Afro mm -hmm. and all that, we don't identify that in here because of the, race, the racial uh, history that is being in the U.S., and we don't want to be discriminated the same way that our brothers and sisters has been. And then, and that's when we come to like the point is like, do I want to be part of that or do I want to make the, the different? And that's exactly what I feel like a lot of the Latinos and Hispanic have moved away from and have moved away from being identifier the minority of us being Afro-Latinos or coming from, um, from, Africans inherits and like in our countries, like even them born in there and like a lot of the African Afro-Latinos that live there, they don't identify themselves because of the the class, the class that is being like classism. Yes, because we don't live by racial, like ra ras racism over there, but we live a classism. Yeah. And I then, yeah, yeah. Well, and Jay is all about this, I'm pretty sure. But there is a classism over there. And then when you move in here, you see the classism becomes racism. And then we're trying to move away from that. And I say we because there is a lot of that, and we all Latinos, and that's and it's and it's bad for me. I speak about we, including because we at one point we all identify some way. And I don't want to say you, 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 because then I'm pointing. And remember, when you're pointing, you're pointing three to yourself. Yeah. So it's just like we have a lot to do in that. And that is because of this, how the social dynamic and the, the stigma of the society has implemented into our Hispanic and even our kids and our future. So going to kids, because, you know, that's one thing I wanted to make sure the 
I started identifying as Latina about four years ago. And it was like a big thing because here in Indy, they didn't know what that was. They thought it was like from MTV show because there was they used to always bring the MTV show, mm -hmm. show that the girl identified as Latina, whatever, whatever. I'm like, no, this is not about that. I came here in 2017 and I went to Chick-fil-A in Carmel because I wanted to be bougie. I wanted to live in Carmel. Tú sabes. <laughs> so I was in wow, Carmel. Does he feel safe? No, I, I do not feel safe there. That's the opposite. Yeah. I live downtown, okay? Let me just be clear. I live I live in the southeast of Indianapolis, okay? Uh, yes, because I, I feel more, more, more secure. Yeah. I feel more secure because I was raised in Brooklyn, East New York, Brooklyn, and Sutter Avenue, what's up? Um, PS72. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know how I just No, but, you know, I, I grew up in a, like, there was not a lot of white people period. It was blacks. It was Latinos. <laughs> that's it. The teachers. Los blanquitos eran los teachers. But, but let me tell you that that's another thing too. In Boston, in the block that I grew up, they were all African-Americans. And it was just like the best people ever because they always have cookout outside. Listen, I was... And you're like, holy... Yes. Yeah, barbecues were the best. No, when I came out of the bus, when I came out of the bus, I said, what's up, my man? What's up? And like, they are cool Mami, people. Papi, exactly. No. Like, <laughs> dime a ver. Y había grandma que siempre estaba en la ventana. Yeah, the one, yeah, the one grandma always in the was like, did you eat your man already? I was like, oh, grandma, I'm going home and see if there's anything to eat. But if not, I'm coming to your house, you know? Yeah. Like, you have those people and you feel safe when I, you absolutely. when you grew up. So or Exactly. But it going, is more inclusive from there. Carmel. Carmel. <laughs> Please make sure. Uh, <laughs> I went to Chick-fil-A and my daughter was playing. My daughter is a little bit darker than I and she has the beautiful Afro curls, you know, and she is herself. Um, <laughs> so we come here and my daughter comes back to me. She was about three or four and una nenita, una, una niña, and I don't blame the child. I, you know, I don't blame the child because you need to teach your kids, you know? And the little girl comes saying, why are you so brown? And why is your hair so curly? You know, my daughter comes and says, mommy, this is not good. You know, una niña no sabe nada. Yo quería, a mí se me vio la sangre. A mí se me vio la sangre because I felt very discriminated. Yes, I'll be telling you the truth. We were the only Puerto Ricans in that Carmel, in that Chick-fil-A area. Um, and my kids, you know. Well, Do you feel like that in every Chick-fil-A? In every Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Unless you yes, go to Keystone. The Keystone is a little bit more diverse. Sure, I do love Chick-fil-A. I, I do love Chick-fil-A, but I feel like that every time and I go to Chick-fil-A. for my daughter to be three or four and experience racism for the first time ever, I think that was very, very hard. In a young age, because it marked her forever. And then it marked me as a mom, because I was like, okay, I can't live here. No me, me van a discriminar la muchachita. Me van a, you know, I start thinking about these things. Y si nos matan. Y si we get target. Maybe they're not exposed all that type of stuff. And I heard so many things about Indy, so I was already scared. Then I go and I went to work in Johnson County. I was an aide back then. And when I came back, there was an interception where the train had was going by and I got stuck. You know, I got stuck in the train. You know, the train was there. You know, we were we were stuck there. So there was this car and it was Caucasian men. Um I have a term for it, but I think it'll make me look bad, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, but definitely, they were very rude. They called me, uh, get out the way, you stupid black N-word. Mm. Wow. I didn't, I was like, what? Your daughter was in here, right? 
my daughter wasn't there. I was coming from work, but I, I was told that. And then I went to a client's house and they called me a bean N-word. I was like, what is wrong with Indiana? This is the first six months of me living here. And Did having... you both? Like a, a bean? Yes. That's and I've been experiencing that since I moved to Indiana at eight years old. Grown white women and men calling me beaners, wetbacks. What is that? N-words, all of I, everything speaks, you can think of. Was like, I was yeah. like, okay, are we in 1930-something? Or like, wh where am I? Like, this yeah. is, we, we already finished this. You know, Martha Luther, Martha Luther King did his thing. Rosa Parks did his thing. Why are we doing this to me? You they know, put in the work. They got Kadime. But, you know, I learned that I, ha like, I cried at the time. I didn't react the way that I would be reacting right now talking to you guys and then that created my culture awareness of why I look so different to them and I was like yeah it is true I am black you know because I do have but this is not African-American black you know this is Puerto Rican black is there's a difference it was like no there's there's not you know you you either you're a beaner or you are this or and I'm like okay sir like this is what we're gonna leave it at and then I educated myself I went and took the uh, Google and I went looked up what was <laughs> what was this? What does this mean? And why does this happen? And then I started realizing that this was not something new. This is something that happens. It's not an Indiana thing. This happens everywhere. Um, yeah, but that's go back how, to what Edward said when he um he, when he on like, applications or anything. The white there always uh, was other though. I always put other. other. Or if other. if my box wasn't there, like even at a young age, I'm like well. They don't got none. I make my own box. I put other. And you know what I mean? I don't know where, the, where, where that came from. Yeah. And like, I was like, I'm sorry. You guys don't have my, but that was not just from like, you know what I mean? I'm trying to be a rebel. You know what I mean? No. It was just like, I didn't see it. What I'm, what I don't see is not me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't relate to it. I'm sorry. I'm not white and I'm not black. I'm Hispanic. Um, they don't have that. I'm other. You know what I mean? And, and that's why like, like even when, you know what I mean? There were other, I, I think I'm pretty sure there was other even back a long time. So. Yeah. Um, not falling for always for those little traps that they set because um, they're just trying to count us. Exactly. They're just trying uh, to keep the, a yeah, census. Yeah, the census. They're just yeah. trying to see how many of us are out there. You know, they just they don't they don't really care. They want to put it like, oh, we're trying to track the population so we can know how we can better serve better serve who. Well, that's 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 why a lot of people. White and black. Um, that's why, that's well, why a lot of a lot of. There is a a lot of people are trying to cancel Latinidad Latinos because yeah. they're like that doesn't include me. Like who who does that include? Um, because that was just a way for the U.S. to keep track of how many of us were there. So they they put us all together like as Latinos. Um, it's a it's a it's a white. One one drop rule. Yeah, well, it's a, it's it's that way of white people trying to group us together, mm -hmm. of keeping the lighter skinned Latinos, the the able bodied, the straight, um, the cisgendered individuals. How do we count them? But then you you go to the trans people, the black Latinos, the people that are disabled. Like mm -hmm. they're not being seen. They're not being counted within that. Mm -hmm. So and we don't talk about our our native background, like our native, like our like our indigenous background. Like that's something that we don't talk about. And oh, I always I always think about like in Dominican Republic. Every time I go for Christmas, or even here in the U.S. when I'm with my family, like ponemos tambor, like la like, la, yeah, like you, you know? they play with the drum. <laughs> so like that's like where does where does that come from? That comes from our black our black roots, our African our African roots. Um, and I think that's beautiful. I think it's something that we need to. 
I mean, Stephanie said it, like, we only started having these conversations a few years ago. And I think it's very empowering because, like, we didn't used to, we didn't used to think more into it. It was just like, oh, we're Dominican. But where does, it wasn't affecting me. Yeah, but, like, for me, for me, the wake-up moment was when I moved to Chicago and I told somebody that I was Venezuelan. And he was like, oh, really? And I was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, my mom, I was like, oh, but my mom is Dominican. And then he said, oh, that makes sense. And I was like, what, 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 what makes sense? And he's like, he's like, oh, it makes sense why you look the way that you look. Look, the curly hair, the brown skin. And I like went off on this guy. I'm like, I'm like, you're ignorant as fuck if you don't know that there is black people in Venezuela. Even though my father is a white Venezuelan, but there are beautiful black people in Venezuela everywhere. Because and if you don't acknowledge this. Of, of the migration, of the way that we were conquered, you know, there's established um, national, like, diversity in our in each country right. it's just that people it's like africa africa mm -hmm. tiene south africa south mm -hmm. african majority are white white correct me mm -hmm. yeah. no that's correct but we're not gonna say that they're african we're right. not gonna be mean to those we're not gonna <laughs> use the terms that we're using for the they're other african ones because but they're african they're african because they come from the continent but uh, whoever comes from that continent it's an african but let's but well, can we go? Wait, wait, wait a sec. Wait a sec. Wait a sec. Wait, can, wait, wait, can, let's can we go back to like? I know we can't like. You know, would we be here if that tragic didn't happen? I, we can even like. I know tragics are tragics, tragedies. but strategies are tragedies. <laughs> but do, that happened. But we wouldn't be where we're at today, speaking and empowering our people if that didn't happen. Again, things happen for a reason, and then a reason for is for us to. And this is this is this is what takes our like. You can always go back and play the blame game, but it's our it's our duty as we live in here today to try to change that narrative to the story. And, yeah, and but but it's good to understand the history so we know where we come from and why we are so prideful what we do because now we're gonna change that narrative and how people look at us and on the things that you see you're checking off. You're gonna have all those different types. And we're of, making an impact already. Like I want to say that. About a year ago, I decided to open, and, and it's not to talk about the business part of it, it's talk about the impact that I want to do in my community. I want to represent, you know, right now the Puerto Rican, the, Car the Caribe, to be honest, but we started with Puerto Rico because my husband and I were both are Puerto Ricans, right? Um, I grew up, and this is where the African culture comes in, I grew up dancing bomba en plena. If anyone know what bomba en plena is, is the music of the African, of the slaves. That's what they use whenever they, they left their amos. They went into their safe zone and they will celebrate life through music and dance, right? And I always dance for it. I feel like I have that, that rhythm in me and is my way of being free. It's my way of showing people who I am. See me who for who I am. See me for my culture. I don't want you to associate me with what you want to see. No, I want you to see who I am. And I did that, and I made it a family business. And my kids right now, I'm very proud. We've been able to dance in different areas in Indianapolis, bringing awareness. What people didn't understand, we're bringing awareness. We're making a difference. We're at 10 years from now, you're going to remember that there was a Puerto Rican culture here. And it's not only the Puerto Rican culture that I'm trying to bring. I'm trying to bring my Dominican culture. I want to try my Cuban culture. I want to try the African roots of the culture so people can see that, see us for who we are yeah, yeah. and what we bring. The rich will we bring to this country. Exactly. We, oh, I think we're one of the top, um, as far as dollars spent mm -hmm. here in the U.S., Hispanics are the top. And Absolutely. we're only going to go, we're not going to be minority later on. We're not a minority. We're, we're, we're not a minority. And so, what, and the white people are minority. the minorities now, yes. yes. 
seguimos perdiendo. Y we gotta realize also the power of the dollar. Our dollars, you know what I mean? Where we spend it makes the difference of the rules that are created. And that's what we gotta be aware of. Like, you know, coming to tu casa, um, uh, your organization, being able, supporting your people because when you're able to put that money back, that's what money's in the power. Sad to say, but that is true. It doesn't bring happiness. It doesn't bring happiness. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> But it's the small things like you do, like your, your business creating, like a canal squad, not nonprofit organization that I created. And as Jay said, like Jay's been to this, the workouts and his Hispanics, you know, we really, we, when, here in the United States, we work hard and we, not, we never take time for our, our health. We work on ourselves. Exactly. And that's what canal squad, canal squad came from. Um, and why is this called squad, canal squad? Because it was. Dance squad kids. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, to, like, I wanted to create something like, you know what I mean? Uh, when you were a squad, a family, you, you feel like you're part of something. Yeah, power. And you're empowered by it. And people feel like, oh, I'm a part of something. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I'm going to stand for this. And so, uh, you know, when we do wall sets, so wall sets and what we do at the end of the workouts, I put them um, reggaeton, bambo, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So now we have Americans listening to this song I, all the time. It's lit. It's a party. And, and, and what this started, and I, it's, it started at parks. Back in New York, uh, every Sunday we used to meet at the parks. This was like, it was free. This Even when you go to... Even downtown, when you go to um, the uh, Central Park, you have karate, you have I give in the end of frio frio. You know what I mean? You have a whole bunch of. Okay, okay. So you have a little things happening. When we I came here, like we we don't have that. The parks are free. Nobody uses it. So I was like, yo, let me let me empower it. And it first started as just movement and health, but then um, Jay connected me with Jose, and Jose. Uh, another Jose, uh, start bringing Hispanic. That was my end goal, but it, I first have to, in a sense, be able to um, and uh, create that awareness for people to come. But I'm Hispanic. That doesn't change at all. But then when you start um, bringing your people and they start getting the word out, that was my whole goal. That's why my background is in finance and uh, economics. Uh, that's why I went to school for it. That's my major. Because I want to help my parents in the wealth, you know, creating that wealth. They, my parents don't trust the bank. When my mom goes to the doctor, ¿qué está diciendo? I, I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't believe him. We go to the bank, we go to the bank, they're like, yo, no, 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 yo mejor que el dinero conmigo mejor. They put it under the mattress. I was like, no, that, we got to change that. That's not sustainable. We, for us to create that change, I'm like, we have to go to school. We have to do, so that's why my major is in finance, and that's why I, I want to do more than investment. So now I have my parents' investment money in uh, all these different stocks. And so, and even with the mental health, you know what I mean? We work so hard. All we do when we get home is want to rest. But we realize when you start investing in yourself, that's when we start changing the narrative of our story, but also empowering others along the way to create a difference. And so, <laughs> look at this. Look at, I think I I think that that's why I'm drawn to people like each of you because we, like I do you do you guys think that I want to go to I want to balance our relationship, my personal relationship, my family, a family business, sit on two boards, have my personal job make those connections with other people it's exhausting yeah. it's it's exhausting but it's also exhausting to be the older first gender immigrant family child as well because we have to deal with different barriers different challenges so it's no like i don't want to do this stuff but we know that it's needed and i think that one for me it kind of clicked a little bit when like family members or people that i'm close to started having kids and i'm like i'm like even when we talk about professional like our careers like I didn't see somebody that looked like me like moving up like that I could that I wanted to aspire to be. We didn't talk about we didn't talk about mental health. We didn't talk about owning businesses. It was a struggle. It was hard. So like now I'm like let's let's make those spaces for us. Let's take that space. Let's reclaim exactly cuz 
they don't they don't need to deal with they don't we used to mention the comment it's like sometimes those tragedies or those traumas have to happen for a reason but like how nice would it be to not have that trauma mm-hmm. to not have those barriers like how beautiful would it to just be like here's my child go to college you don't have to worry about working open a business be successful and it's it's great and that's it and that's that's the beautiful world that we're trying to aim for and i think that that's what these conversations have we have to have them within ourselves like like stephanie said her and her brother myself and i like we have we have a little group chat and we just like we're like oh what do you think about this oh um for me this week (laughs) the newest thing was somebody called a mexican girl light-skinned and in my head i was like oh i've only ever called a black person light skin. I've never thought of saying like, oh, that Puerto Rican girl, that, or that Mexican girl is light skin. Cause to me, I'm like, I don't know. My brain just didn't work that way. So like, I had to like re like connect. You, you see a certain Mexican when you yes. think of Mexicans. And it's so you don't feel like you have to. Yeah. Like, yeah. You see what you just said. It's the same way they see us. Yeah. But yes. it's like those, it's those biases, those biases, biases, biases yeah. that we have that are so ingrained that we need to on on box and talk yeah, about them like that. why why do i think that way but that happened everywhere you go to because like i remember even people that let's say for those those that know dr very well you know that we are good in baseball yeah. so like baseball. all exactly so <laughs> you know that san pedro son conocido because everyone from the east part of dr or at least in san pedro the majority of the population is africa it's africo african afro-latino. latino afro latino sorry and so Pedro Martinez, who tiene David Ortiz, like all those um, baseball money. Yeah, uh, uh, Dominicans. I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. And then you have Manny Martinez, Sammy Sosa. Like you have all those dark skinned baseball players that make it famous, DR famous kind of thing for the baseball. And then you see us light skin. Let's just call us light skin for now. Uh, let's just for now. What time of year is it? I, I don't know. Right. I don't know. But let's just say that because that's how people sometimes see us. So they they see, like say for example, my hair straight, good, and light skin and everything, and they're like, oh. You're Dominican? Like, they questioning that I'm Dominican just because I don't have the same hair as Pedro Martinez or I'm not the same color. Because that is, exactly. So, like, media has a lot to do with it, too. So, we're talking about changing our generation and changing our kids and making that future to be better. But I think everything had to start also from the media and what we are putting out there. So, and, and it's true, everything starts from education. Everything starts from education. So the more educated, so like that's another thing I took. I used to lead a group of young people and that's what I used to push them to do. I was like, you know what? You're not gonna make a difference if you're not educated. I think education is the number one key to change all this. This conversation we're having could be a whole different conversation in a couple of years if we all Latinos are more educated. If we start advancing ourselves, we can make this a, a better conversation in the future. You know why? Because when you go to therapy, at least in here in, 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 in Indiana, there are just, I don't know any right now that speaks Spanish or they're Latino. There is, there is none, right? Is none. So exactly. exactly. And that's the reason why I'm going to PA school. Because I I I am like I go to to the I'm translating for the medical uh, doctors and everything and I'm like yo I could be that 
<laughs> I, I'm already translating everything. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I'm not getting paid for this. But that's another thing that we, uh, at least my parents said, they don't believe in therapy. They don't believe in that. And so it's all not. Because, yeah. No, because it's a nos. Again, therapy. And that's another thing because yeah. I, I do see clients. I do see patients. I have my own patients. I, I do prevention. And on the, my prevention, one of the things that I talk about because I do a portion of education and I, to, and I do have to also do counseling and kind of like therapy in a way. And I do tell them, yo, like your situation needs a more professional way, but I don't believe in that. And, but it's going to help you. So like, as long as we see like depression within the Latinos, like if you see, um, like the rates of depression within Latinos, the anxiety levels and even suicidal and the Latinos, you're going to freak out how high it is. And it's because our parents, the suicidal and the Latinos and Latinos, let's focus on Latinos right now, but in, in general, it is because our parents, they don't believe hardly on therapy and they don't talk about it the taboo in la casa i can't i can relate but i'm not, i'm gonna keep it sh- i can't even speak because i can go on for well i think it's the thing where it's so big, it's so big. And, and even to add on like to a overall thing is like i think as we grow up what we're really doing is unpacking everything we learn yeah and then and unpacking it but realizing that you know what i mean that's that was their their present that's not our present now we have to be be aware of where we are today who we are today, first of all, I think without you knowing who you are, you can't tell someone else who they should be. And so, and then applying that to, again, who you are, whether they're the Afro-Latino, Dominican, Venezuelano, where are you from? That, that's going to include with your identity. I, um, then for, um, being able to use that as a help to move forward, but also educate others along the way and all that. But again, it's, it's unpacking everything we've learned so far. And I think that's what it, been the, the toughest top part, really. I just want to say that I'm sorry that I definitely want to see the day that we have our own little check mark and say, <laughs> "Well, I'm Dominicano, and it is not only Mexican." Exactly. I think we all should have our own check mark, and I want to see you that. Mixed, you should have two or three, but you know, you just have to be, you know, be able to feel that I am me, you know, and that's a big thing. I'm literally getting chills as I'm listening to those conversations. Um, I wish that we could just go on for hours and keep talking. And we may do a we and we may do we may do we may do a part two. Um, but I I definitely didn't want to leave this conversation. Um, and I know we may go over an hour. So listeners, stay with us. Um, the last two years during COVID, we went through a really crazy time here in the U.S. Um, with the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter movement, um, with George Floyd's death, countless of Black individuals being killed. So I kind of wanted to just talk about that. How did that resonate with each of you? Did it make you more hyper aware that you are a Black individual? Um, and I'm getting emotional right now because I date a Black, a black person. And I remember him going on a trip and he was driving. He was going to be driving for three hours. And I was like, hey, babe, the insurance is in the, the first paper you see when you open the glove box. Make sure like, your location is on. And it was just like those moments where you're like, fuck, this is what it means to be a black individual Absolutely. in America. Mm-hmm. And it just it had never hit me like that, ever. So I wanted to see, give you guys the floor. Like, did you guys have that moment that did the, all those events make you a little bit more hyper aware of, of being a black individual? I'm being pulled over. I am terrified, not because my color of my skin. I just think that when they look at me, I'm, I don't look like them. 
and I, it makes me afraid when Black Life Matters, um, and I'm very sorry to hear that, Jose, um, when Black Life Matters came out, I, it affected me personally. I was literally, you know how I was working, and like it was the world had just stopped and everyone was just aggressive. I live five minutes from where everything happened. So you can hear all that. And just having, I have a man in my house that he is not black completely, but he is Latino. And when they stop him, I'm like, what if they want to shoot him for just being him? Because there was a time, and I was living in Pennsylvania, that we got pulled over. I We just got pulled over, right? And because he's a big man, you know, and he's already, like, he has an accent. He didn't speak very well English at that time. They literally arrested him for a $25 parking ticket. And he had to go into, like, get into the court system for a $25 ticket. Why him? ¿Por qué? Porque no hablaba, no hablaba en inglés. Porque era más morenito que tú. Porque era latino. Porque, porque si, si un americano, and I'm sorry, I get passionate in Spanish. Si un americano lo hubiesen parado por 25 dólares de un ticket, lo hubiesen puesto una esposa. O es porque cuando él se bajó, ya le dio, lo intimidó. ¿Y por qué te tiene que intimidar? I was right next to him and I recorded that. I was, there was no reason for you to do that. So I understand how that, 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 how scary that can be. So now when I go out, I get stopped or I look at a cop. I'm like, you see, like here in Indiana, como en Indiana, que estaba matando todo el mundo. Yo dije, what if they want to shoot you just because I just don't look like you? Because there was nothing, there, there's no other reason. Like, that's how my mind is right now. I'm scared for my kids. I, I, and I, you shouldn't be afraid of the police, but lamentablemente, you are. You know, you're afraid of it because now you know that the world can stop and they can, they have the power to shoot you and get away with it. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it is very powerful. Um, <clears throat> uh, well, in my case, I just hearing both of you, it kind of like opened my eyes to a different point of views of things because my dad is, uh, we'll call it like both mixed I will say, <laughs> but he looks more Afro Morenito, como decimos nosotros en Santo Domingo, el más Morenito que que su parte de su papá blanco. Y yo me pongo a pensar lo mismo. I was like, yo, porque a mi papá también le pudo pasar lo mismo que que a que a George Floyd. And yo me quedo pensando así cada vez que él me llama, like, hey, the police stopped me or like something. I had to like, where are you at? Like, tell me where you at right now or like, let me talk to the police because sometimes he doesn't like get nervous. I don't know what could happen. El acento, like he doesn't. He said yes, no, and I don't know why you're saying yes to and not to. So let me speak to him. <laughs> Because that's the point that you are like, it can, anything can happen, you know? Like now the police are even afraid for anyone that is not white. Whoever is driving is not white, they right away put your hands on the, on the, on the gear. Yeah, you know, yeah. like they're afraid of us completely. And it's just like, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. And every time I drive and I see the police stop like a card or something, and the first thing I see is either a brother and sister being on the sidewalk, handcuff with the hands on the back because they are looking at the car and maybe because they just went on a red line. 
And you, I, and you always you always see like five cop cars. Yes, like, for not one even, person. Not, not even I one, literally yes, have yes, yes. for one That's another color thing. person. It's but not I, even one. It's not even one. I'd be you observing. have to be two cars from one the other side, side angle. and the other side two cars. You're like yo for one car. Like what did he do? Intimidamos por ser diferente. Yeah. Intimidamos. But the thing is, like, I want to go back to something that you said that if we and this, I think it was off chat that you said if both communities come together we are stronger we are and 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 it's right we're stronger when we are together with them but the thing is like it make me also think about this other cuban uh american i think he was that got arrested for 110 years for the truck driver just because of an accident that's the that's the thing the word accident it means that you don't, you don't, you, you attack, exactly. And you get 110 years for something that you didn't intend to do. It happened. And you get 110 years. Who knows who were the judge? Who knows who were in the, in the jury? Who knows who was even the, the lawyer for him? You know, like you have all these things that you questions about the justice system and you have all this questioning about it. And I think you go back again, you know, you see Latinos involved with African-Americans with the movement of Black Lives Matters. But then you see a movement for Latinos and you only see Latinos supporting ourselves too. So I think you had to go bro sizes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to bring no, it. No, no, I, I, I think that that's, that's not how much I want to get into today, but right. it's gonna go. Yeah, I look at it deeper. But the thing yeah. is like, I want to focus on united, we're stronger. And that's one thing, and it should be both sizes. I just don't want to see us always helping supporting the end and not having support back because I feel I feel like for him for that Cuban American guy 110 years was unfair it did get it did get and it would it, it, it would drop because of the signature that it was thrown and online but it got dropped because a movement started because people se enojaron se, se, se molestaron por, por la inquietud de que un cubano por un accidente un accidente, le vamos a dar 110 años. Mm -hmm. Pero vamos a hablar cuánto... If they like to take their numbers in tally mm -hmm. and make us in a group of white blacks, let's see if a group of Caucasian people mm -hmm. in that situation, that same scenario, would have been the same. My mom loved ID Discovery. And <laughs> let me tell you, I don't know why. She loved ID Discovery and she said the same thing. There was like one um, Caucasian guy killed two kids in a camp. He got 16 years to for killing two young people. After 16 years, he was set free, right? He was let go and everything. And he went back and do the same thing. So I, I I'm sorry. You you were talking about you were talking about the justice system, and I heard a, a quote like two weeks ago. And people I always hear people say the system is broken. It is. But then I I heard somebody say the system is not broken. The system is doing exactly what the system was designed to do. It was designed to keep our people down and oppress us, make this culture of, hey, once you're in jail and when you get out, like people can't get jobs. They can't get in, they can't. I, I was arrested for, I was in jail for a month. Um, Stephanie knows this, for, 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 uh, for, for driving tickets. Uh, and there was a whole issue with my names, with my last names. They flipped them around. I, I, they couldn't bail me out. I was, I was in the Indianapolis jail downtown for a month for some unpaid driving tickets. Ever since that happened, 
I could not get an apartment. Everywhere I applied, no, you have a criminal record. I'm like, it's for driving. Um, so up until up until this past year, I applied for an apartment and it was approved. And I was like, okay, cool. Like now this is it's moving forward. Like it's it's being dropped. But it's just like that was just me for an apartment. Like that's where you go into homelessness. You go into people not having jobs. And then like some people see people on the streets and they're like, oh, they're there because they're lazy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, there are systemic things that literally put people in these places. And it's our people. It's our people. Um, I wanted to, I don't know if Roger and Stephanie wanted to add to this last question um, before we wrap up. I think the uh, Black Lives Matter movement um, just made it public, something we was already going through. Happening. It was already happening. Yeah. Now now we have cameras. Now we have ways to record. Now now we was able to see, the world was able to see what we was going through already. And um, like uh, Jay said, um, the system is not broken. It just wasn't made, written down for us. The founding fathers, look at them. <laughs> they don't look nothing like us. Now, and then, you know, coming, you know, if you in prison and um, you come out, you have to have an address to get a job. Now, how can we change that? The government already gives money to funding different programs. We create these programs that we have, we said um, for each head, or you create an apartment or, you know, you have them have an address, you know, provide them education. They fund that. And so this is the way to finesse the system. It's, it's a, figuring out a way to use their own money, use how, and that's, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I plan to do. That's what I will encourage, you know what I mean? It's not even finessing, it's using, using it to, to the best, but to our thing, advantage. Like what we said, we need more people that, like, like us that are educated to know that and to yeah. do those things. Yeah. Because even like when it came to voting, like I had to like walk, sit my mom down mm -hmm. and I'm like, Cool, yeah, we want to vote for the presidents, but let's talk about like the congressmen. Let's talk about uh, the congresswomen. Like the like, there's different levels to it. Like who are, who is really impacting your township, your county? Because the president, yeah, he has power, but like, what's impacting your life here in the city? So yeah, like just switching, taking control, and like taking those spaces. That's that's it, that's only how we're gonna change things. Um, is just taking control and making that space for our people because the white people are gonna do it. They don't they don't give a fuck. So and then and then and then they say, oh, the Latinos just want to live off the government. Pero te lo hacen. You put us there. <laughs> Let so, me tell you, you put yeah. <laughs> you oppress us, so yeah. we depend on you, on the government, so you can like, have you control. Like you get off, you get off on the shit. Yes. Yeah. Period. J twenty twenty. Did you have anything to add? Yeah. I did want to add about the how the Black Lives Movement did impact my life. Like I said, moving to Indiana um, at a young age, I've always experienced racism, and I've always felt more comfortable with the Black culture. But obviously, growing up Dominican, we're pride, we're prideful. So I'm Dominican. But I think at that moment, and I, at that moment, that's when I decided that I need, when I have to identify, I do identify as black. Um, my daughter is darker skinned um, than I am. Um, and her going through that with me or us going through it together was a very powerful moment. Um, as little as I am, that people still are intimidated by me. <laughs> and it has to be just because, like you said, we look different. Um, I'm not even that, I'm not even dark skinned, We're but. genetically they, stronger too. Huh? Just saying, we're genetically stronger. Flat than no power, you <laughs> <Our energy. laughs> We're genetically strong. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I just wanted to say that it did, it definitely did um, impact my, impact I think all of our lives for sure. But also, um, I think it brought a 
a big awareness, um, an even more bigger awareness to us feeling like we do have to, we do have to do something about what the situation at hand and not trying to segregate ourselves from black or Dominican or, you know what I'm saying? Just because we, we have to, we have to unify ourselves. And at the end of the day, that one drop rule that the United States created, we we're black. <laughs> like there's no, there's no way around it. Um, so yeah. Um, oh, and I want, I do want to say also, <laughs> um, commending black Americans for, starting these type of movements. I think that created a lot of awareness. Like we, like I was saying earlier for, for Jay and I, I just called you Jay. That was weird. (laughs) That was first time. (laughs) For Jose and I, um, even, um, dang, the Jay comment just threw me off. What what was I talking about? (laughs) Bringing awareness. Oh, bringing the, bringing awareness. And for us to start trying to, I just lost my whole train of thought. I can't bring it back. (laughs) To start those conversations. I don't have to have those conversations. I yeah. think we all, like, the group of, uh, there was a group of people that felt the oppression so strong that they decided to make a difference. And empower not only black Americans, but also in our own communities. Hispanic Being Americans, able to teach, yes, and being, having, now having that, um, the terminology Af- Afro-Latino uh, mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing, um, that is going to show and allow our countries, the people in our countries to do the same thing that I think black Americans have been doing here for years. years. Now we know that that's what we need to do in our countries as well. And not just keep ignoring all of the subtle racism and all of those remarks that that have been so normal for us. It's not okay that you can't be yourself, that you can't speak how you are. You can't be, you can't be proud of where you come. That is not okay. Mm -hmm. There's no reason that we come. This is Dike. The land of the free. Mm. The American dream. What is that? But yeah, so if you if you're listening and you don't identify as Afro Latino, like I mean, if you want to say you're Afro Dominican, Afro Indigenous, Afro Colombian, Cuban, Puerto Rican, identify as you want. But I think we're wanting to give you the tools and the education to empower and to lift yourselves and to lift those around you, um, which is what we achieve to do here at the US Podcast. Um, so if you're listening, if you have a question, if you have any feedback, feel free to jump into our DMs on Instagram, on Twitter, or on Facebook. Ask us questions. Um, I'd love to continue this conversation with you guys. But if we want to bring in other people, let's do that. But I think this is what this is about, having those conversations, supporting each other. Um, I think the Latin community has been so divided for so long um, that people weren't supporting each other across like, hey, I'm not going to support the Mexicans because I'm Dominican. No, like we're all Latino. We're all here having the same struggle. In numbers, there's power. And I think that the past few years, we've seen that. Have we had some set, some setbacks? Of course, but we've also seen a lot of progress um, and, and into the future, into the, into the country that we want to see built. Um, and I think that's beautiful what you said, like even empowering our people back in our countries to rise up. Um, it hurts me to see what's going on in Venezuela. It hurts me to see the femicide that's happening in Mexico and a lot of other countries. So it's just empowering those individuals and giving them that information. So I want to thank each of you for being here, um, Edwin. Roger, Nadi, Steph, uh, Stephanie, thank you for being here today and thank you for empowering us and giving us the time to speak about your your life um, and how you were and how you were brought up. For inviting us. Thank you for having us. I hope it's not the last time. You too. I love it. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Thank you. Thank you.